Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best at what he does. A wonderful dentist. He's been my dentist the last 28 years. I'll never go to another dentist. I've not gone to another dentist in the last 28 years. Make him your dentist. Do it today. 317-849-2933 is the number. Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. First, I want to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, Darius Leonard. They're negotiating an extension that's going to keep Darius Leonard with the Colts for a long time. It's expensive. The ramifications of that are pretty serious for the Indianapolis Colts. We've talked about that the last two days. People have not liked what I had to say. They think because of that, I'm a Darius Leonard hater. We'll talk about that in a moment. I also want to talk about conference realignment in collegiate athletics. Texas and Oklahoma reportedly, this has been reported by both the Houston Chronicle and ESPN, they're in conversations with the SEC about moving from the Big 12 to the SEC. What does that mean for college athletics? Talk about that after we talk about Darius Leonard and the Colts. $19 million is a lot of money for an outside linebacker, baby. That's a lot of cash. Now, if this were let's say the NBA, where, you know, spending to the luxury tax isn't ideal, but it's okay, or Major League Baseball, where spending into the tax isn't prohibited, it's a little bit punitive, but it's not prohibited, you've got a hard cap in the NFL, and that cap this year is $182.5 million. Now, it's going to jump next year because there are going to be fans who watch NFL games this year, and there's going to be a renegotiation at some point toward new media deals which are going to flood the NFL with more cash. But right now it's 182.5. So let's look at that number and Darius Leonard against that number if he signs the extension that reportedly is being negotiated at 19 plus million per year. That's 10% of the salary cap. You've got to have a roster of 53 guys. 
So if you've got an outside linebacker who's eating 19% of that cash, and then you also extend Quentin Nelson at the same neighborhood, right, about $19 million, $20 million a year, that is 20% of your cap allocation toward an outside linebacker and a left guard. You've also got to put other guys on the field. Like I said, 53 of them, right? So you've got to have a quarterback. You've got to have a running back. You've got to have some wide receivers. You've got to have dynamic players on the edge to rush the passer. There is a way to put together a championship-level roster, right, using those components that you've already got and those components that you want to add. What adding $19 million for Darius and 1920 for Quentin, what that does is it kind of paints you into a box where you're not going to be able to address needs during the offseason at the level that some other teams are going to be able to. That doesn't mean that we don't love Darius Leonard. Of all the guys in that Colts locker room, I probably enjoy talking to Darius Leonard as much as anybody. He is a team-first guy. He is relentlessly honest in the way he lives his life and the way he portrays himself with the media, he is a guy where if you're at the end of the line and you're trying to get a one-on-one, they do the scrum, then they do some one-on-ones, and if you're at the end of the line, he gives you as good as he gave anybody in the scrum. And I've always appreciated that with Darius Leonard. On the field, he is an absolute team-first warrior. In practice, the most enthusiastic guy on the field, always. Come camp, you need enthusiasm. That's Darius Leonard. Tackle-wise, he's averaging over his first three years as a linebacker, he's averaging about 140 tackles per year. Last year, not his best year, not an interception, right? Three forced fumbles, three sacks, a few hurries. He was was good last year. He was first-team All-Pro last year. But outside linebackers... They generally do not cost teams $19 million a year. The the middle of the ground, the the top outside linebacker, that 16th uh, outside linebacker in the NFL gets paid about $3.5 million. So you're paying $16 million over the norm for a starting outside linebacker. That is a lot of jack. That does not mean that I hate Darius Leonard. Or that I don't appreciate his contributions to the team. What I know is this. You've got to have offensive tackles who are going to be paid a lot of money. You've got to have wide receivers. You're going to pay them a lot of money. You've got to have a starting quarterback. You're going to pay him a lot of money. Edge rush guys. Maybe a safety. A quarterback at a Pro Bowl level. You need those guys to win championships And if you spend 20% of your cap money on an outside linebacker and a left guard, you are going to make it really, really difficult to accumulate the talent necessary to go win a championship. That's just a fact of life. That's the way it is. Again, doesn't mean that I hate Darius. I don't hate Darius. I love Darius. I think he's one of the real good guys on this team, and this team is chock full of good guys. So this isn't hater of, of Darius. This is a lover of Darius, but also a lover of championships. And one thing, regardless of where you kind of fall on the Chris Ballard appreciation continuum, one thing you got to say is he has been really, really good at figuring out when it's time to cut bait with internal people and when to sign them to extensions. 
you know, he is really good at figuring out, all right, this is about as much football as we can get out of this guy. And so we're not going to do business with him anymore. We're not going to sign him to an extension, right? He's done that. And he's done it, he's done it apologetically where, hey, I love this guy, but we just couldn't bring him back. And he has been right a whole lot more often than he's been wrong. And I'm not saying that re-signing Darius Leonard isn't a good thing. I'm just saying that allocating $19 million toward a hard cap makes it really, really difficult to be competitive in other areas on the field on both sides of the ball. And that's the way it is. You want to win a championship? The way I know you win a championship, Bill Polian was really, really smart in the way he put together teams. Outside linebacker was not a place he invested in. And we saw Mike Peterson leave, and, and he remained a really good linebacker in the NFL for a long time. Saw Marcus Washington leave, saw Cato June leave. All of these guys left because Bill Polian was not going to assign assets to that position at a level where it was going to make it tough for him to pay guys like Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edrin James, uh, Peyton Manning, for goodness sake, and, and all those guys, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. You, you have to keep some money in the bank in order to be able to pay people at positions where you need dynamic play in order to win a championship. I'm not saying that Darius Leonard isn't worth it. I'm saying that you really got to give a hard look to the way you execute your math against that salary cap as you assess an outside linebacker and, and as you assess a left guard regardless of whether he's the best guard in, in professional football. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's talk about conference realignment. Texas, Oklahoma, reportedly in contact with the SEC about joining their conference, which would be, that'd be a, a stake in the heart of the Big 12, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Since 2010 to 2011, when conference realignment really got cranking, right? For a brief period of time, it was, it was a land rush, for God's sake. We've known that, that the Big 12 was the odd man out. You've got five power conferences in college football, and that's really the only sport that matters in terms of cash for these conferences. You knew that the Big 12 was living on borrowed time, and what they did in granting Texas the right to establish their own Longhorn Network, they kicked the can down the road. They granted themselves a stay of execution, but it was never going to hold. The, the water was coming in, you know, over the edge of the boat the entire time. It just slowed that, that kind of torrent to a trickle. Texas was always going to leave the Big 12. Oklahoma was always going to follow them out the door and that's the way it was. And then the Big 12 is going to collapse on itself like some kind of a death star. You know, it's, it's going to be a nebula for guys. It may grow, glow brightly for a few moments, but then it's going to collapse on itself. And teams like Kansas State and Iowa State, they're going to have to figure out who they're going to align with. And, and they're going to have to form their own kind of odd, sort of weird ad hoc conference and, and maybe that's where Cincinnati winds up, UConn. It's just going to be this hodgepodge of non-Power 5 schools who are at the top level uh, of those who are not aligned with the Power 4. What it's going to be, it's always been, the gravity has always been four 16-team conferences. And that's where we're headed. So what does it mean 
for the SEC. They're going to be full up at 16, which is a number that makes sense. Texas and Oklahoma make all kinds of sense in the SEC. Texas A&M is not going to like it. They want to be the only SEC school in the state of Texas. Texas A&M doesn't run college football, and it doesn't run the University of Texas, and it doesn't run the SEC. So that's not even an issue. Nobody really even cares. All right? You've got something called a grant of rights. This is a deal that all these schools entered into with the Big 12 to try to stem the tide of conference realignment. And what it says is, even if Texas is no longer a member of the Big 12, the Big 12 owns all media rights to University of Texas athletic events. This, and this is cited as the thing that was going to stop exactly what was happening. But we know, if you're an adult and you understand anything about business, you know that a check being written is going to cover all losses and is going to make cooperative those who oppose your agenda. And that's the way it's always been, right? The grant of rights is, is not worth the paper it's written on if the people who want out of it have deep enough pockets and the people who are going to allow a school out of it, like uh, the Big 12, if they have uh, greed that equals the amount of the check being written by the school. So uh, that's never been, it's been a small deterrent, but not deterrent enough. You know, it was never going to stabilize things personal or, uh, you know, permanently. What it was going to do is kind of, you know, get you through for a little bit. Those grant of rights that uh, expires at the end of June in 2025, but the SEC and the Big 12 and Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to figure all that out. That's not going to be a deterrent to making this thing happen. Like I said, the rest of the Big 12, poof. So what will the Big 10 do to get to 16? How are they going to get to 16? That's an interesting question. Do you invite a school like Pitt? who has been passed over by the Big Ten several times during these transitional periods where there's all kinds of conference upheaval. That's interesting. You know what I mean? We'll see exactly what happens with Pitt. How about Notre Dame? Are they in play? Of course they're in play. They'd like to remain an independent. They've got a longstanding relationship with the ACC, right? That doesn't mean squat. Doesn't mean a thing. Money's going to rule the roost. What will the Big Ten allow? What kind of autonomy will the Big Ten allow the, uh, the Fighting Irish and Jack Swarbrick as the athletic director to maintain up in South Bend? That's the thing that's going to you know, chart Notre Dame's course either to the ACC or to the Big Ten. The ACC, if they take, if, if, take, if they can somehow get, if they can compel... Notre Dame to align with it, then number 16 becomes who for the ACC? That's an interesting question. Where are they going to go get their next? Are, are they going to take somebody from the castoffs uh, of the Big 12? Could they take, for instance, uh, Oklahoma State? That's kind of an interesting idea. These are interesting times. This is when you find out how greedy people are in college athletics? And the answer is they're really greedy. And they're going to figure out how to feather their nest as best they can. 
And those people who are kind of in the backwash are going to be shown exactly who and what they are. And I'm talking about Kansas State and uh, Iowa State, those poor bastards. They got no chance. How about Texas Tech? You know, what are you going to do? That's college athletics. It's all about greed. It's all about feathering your nest. It's all about putting as much money, squeezing it all into your pockets as you can. And the next few weeks are going to be fascinating as we figure out how this is all going to shake out with Texas and Oklahoma. Breakfast with Kent, Monday. We're going to see if we can do it tomorrow. We're going to be at the Northwest uh, Bureau, but we may have to put it off tomorrow. We'll see. I hope to talk to you then. Uh, We'll see what's going on up in Northwest Indiana a little bit later today and tomorrow. Absolutely. you got to get up to God's country once in a while, right?